Oh, hi everyone! Welcome back to In Omnia Paratus. I'm Angela, here with my co-host Jay, and today we are going to be talking with you all about reality television, and specifically Netflix reality television. Is it television? Netflix reality... series? Streaming? Streaming series? I don't know. I always still call it television, but maybe that's not correct anymore. I don't think we need to come up with a new name for it, but I think there's a new name out there that someone needs to come up with who probably works at one of these streaming conglomerates. But yeah, we decided that we were going to jump into Love is Blind, season one and two. And I don't know, I have some thoughts. So apparently Love is Blind season one came out in 2020. And? I don't remember it at all. You're missing a show. I am? Oh, the ultimatum, marry or move on. Sorry, we, we've had a day. <laughs> this is our last recording. We are going to talk about the Nick and Vanessa Lachey hosted shows Love is Blind and The Ultimatum, Marry or Move On. But yeah, back to Love is Blind, I do not remember this in 2020. Yeah, that's a you thing. Well, I am late to the party as per usual. So I watched season one two weeks ago. I have some like initial notes to shout out here. Favorite proposal, Damien and Giannina. Favorite couple, Lauren and Cameron. Really confusing couple? Barnett and Jessica. And why on earth did this go on as long as it did? Mark and Jessica. That's kind of where I'm at. So I thought maybe we could dive into like each of the couples so and go from there. So you said Barnett and Jessica and Mark and Jessica. Was that oh, speaking correct? That was not. Barnett and Amber are together. And I need to be very clear about that. Otherwise, Amber may sue the podcast. <laughs> Amber and Barnett. Like I get it, but they also confuse me. Let's just talk about this here. Once they left the pods in Mexico, it came out. Amber was in a significant amount of debt and Barnett paid it all off. Like, I don't know, but like, I I always thought it was like couple marriage 101. You don't marry anyone with significant debt. Well, he didn't. He paid it off. Paid it off by selling his house. And now they live in an apartment with a roommate. So winding back, what is Love is Blind? So Love is Blind is a Netflix reality series in which 15 men and 15 women are invited or selected to date blind. They go into these little pod rooms where they can hear the other's voice, but they can't see them. And they are not supposed to ask them any kind of identifying questions about their physical appearance. And they are supposed to put to the test whether or not love is truly blind, date for 10 days, and decide if there's anyone in there that they would like to marry and then meet in the real world. The bachelor at least gives you six weeks. <laughs> okay, so one of the big questions for me was, I thought that they had to leave there with someone. So I was surprised when it ended up only being like six final couples that they then followed for the next month. Well, Angela, you understand how recruitment works. It's a mutual decision, <laughs> mutual process. Okay, true. But I don't know. I thought that there would have been like some kind of like pre-screening where this is your perfect match. You are like destined to end up here. Well, no, but we saw twice with a Jessica, Amber, Barnett, and the Shane, Shayna, Natalie that mm -hmm. they don't just make it a one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. I got a little bit ahead of myself here. So we, there were six couples that came out of season one. Six people got, in, six couples got engaged in the pods. Yes. Two actually made it to marriage. Barnett and Amber and Cameron and Lauren. They seriously lucked out for a season one because Cameron and Lauren are like the cutest couple. No? Are they problematic? Do I not know? No. Just the fact that you're like they lucked out. No, like universally everyone loves Cameron and Lauren. Like that's not a hot take. <laughs> that's not like a hot opinion. Like it's very clearly from the first engagement to the way they look. They, they match aesthetically the best. Like they were the shining mm -hmm. couple of season one, which is why they got a season two because as much as we love the messiness of Mark and Jessica and other things mm -hmm. without the love that was Lauren and Cameron from like the mm -hmm. get-go especially when they were talking about race and talking about all that stuff mm -hmm. like that was the shining star of the show so that wasn't luck that Netflix got them together everyone else might have been like we have this one couple we know we're gonna highlight good luck everyone else <laughs> <laughs> okay fair like I know reality tv is not necessarily like reality tv it's highly scripted and there are a lot of things that are planned not scripted but like produced and they manipulate situations. 
See, and that's what's hard for me because it's like, is it heavily manipulated that Lauren and Cameron, like they only really got to date each other. Like they purposely like set them up to like speed round through people who like they would have zero in common with so that there was a higher probability of them being together. No, because like I said, it's like recruitment. Like you speed round through everyone and it's who mm-hmm. you connect with and who makes the best footage. Because they don't know necessarily, because remember similarly, unlike Love Island, which is the only shit that does this, everything gets recorded in its entirety mm-hmm. before it gets edited. But isn't it, there's still like an element of luck that it's like those two that were able to find each other and they're like, okay, like we have like such a strong anchor point for us to like take through this first season. Because I feel like season two didn't have that. And we'll get into that later. I mean... They did, and they edited it around us to champion them that way. But we don't mm. know that it was luck that got them there. Like, they're editing it to look like it was, like, one in a million because the rest of the people on that show were a hot mess. Maybe going into it, if you had watched Cameron or Warren's conversation with other people, and mm. it didn't go as smoothly, or it was weirder, or, like, mm. they didn't show that. They just showed how great from the get-go those two were able to connect. They were the first couple engaged. Yes. Well, at least to the audience, they have the first couple engaged. So if we exclude Cameron and Lauren from this mix, Damien and Giannina. Toxic. Super cute proposal. Super toxic couple. I was really surprised they ended up like even making it to the altar. And I mean, that's probably like an element of the show where like they have to like go all the way up through to the wedding. But they just, every day they were just like so up and down. Did you have a favorite proposal? I liked Cameron and Lauren excluding them did you have another favorite well let's go over who are our six couple obviously cameron and lauren mm-hmm. bernard and amber mm-hmm. were the two that made it then we have the train wreck which is jessica and mark mm-hmm. toxic damien and giannina mm-hmm. to leave the pods we had diamond and oh i don't remember his name and then um, who's kelly and kenny they were kind of like the jim and pam of the show carlton i don't even remember yeah diamond and carlton and kelly and kenny i don't remember kelly and kenny Oh, they were like very plain, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were the ones whose parents had also like met and married under very short duress. timelines. <laughs> I mean, I hope none of it was duress, but I think each of them, like both of their parents, like got in got went from like dating, engaged to marriage in like three months or less. Yeah, that one was surprising because they worked so well and like nothing was an issue, and then at the mm-hmm. end they were like, "No," I'm like, "Oh, mm-hmm. okay." And apparently, are like still friends. So I mean, that's nice. So those are. Our are six couples. Mm-hmm. Diamond and Carlton. So once you leave the pods engaged, and more couples leave the pods engaged than get filmed, just some they choose their storylines aren't interesting enough to cut. Mm-hmm. None of those couples have made it like long term or permanently. But then they take them to Mexico, where they get to basically honeymoon it up for like a week. Mm-hmm. And then you got to not only meet and spend time with your partner, you now get to see what everyone else mm-hmm. looks like in the pods. And through that experience, Diamond and Carlton break up. A ton of backlash, apparently, in the media over that on both sides for them why diamond and carlton broke up because carlton revealed um after their engagement that he was bisexual right and diamond told him that she needed to like take a minute and process this information because she felt like she should have been told that in the pods before engagement both of them received a lot of hate carlton essentially as soon as he heard this blew up and had a very like violent physical reaction throwing things and being like physically aggressive and Diamond was accused of being homophobic. And so they had that fight and the next day they came back together and Diamond told him that she wanted to take things a little bit slower and Carlton kind of gaslighted her, accused her of being homophobic, saying that she like had like very primitive viewpoints of sexuality and that like she was the only one he had ever encountered who had a problem with identity and like the way that he chose to share this information when he had previously just told the cameras that he had never been able to share this information with someone and have it go well. That it always ended relationships. Angela? Mm Mm-hmm. Diamond or Carlton? Neither. Here's the thing. I don't think that this show truly proves that love is blind. Like, maybe if they were able to date for weeks, months, maybe, but I don't think that you could know someone in 10 days and then decide that you want to get married to them. Angela, just because it's taking you so much longer in your relationship, like, doesn't mean that for other people, 10 days. Jesus created the earth in seven days, right? God created the earth in seven days? Six. God. And on the seventh day, he rested. So therefore, (laughs) you're going on a year. Like, what does that say about you if God could do it in six days? 
and rest. I have a more thorough vetting process. Sorry. <laughs> God lets spiders into the world. Let's think about that for a second if we're gonna like go through this argument. Aren't spiders like essential to like the ecosystem? Yeah, I know, but they're freaky. <laughs> they really scare me. Okay, so if you were in a Diamond Carlton situation, let's say your partner was, when do you think that you would be entitled to that information? Are you ever entitled to that information? Like what, when would it come up? When should it come up? Does it need to? I think that if you want to talk about like sharing your whole person and like who you are, yes, it should come up. I think that before you get engaged, you should, I don't know, this is such a hard question. You have to know all of the big things. If it causes you anxiety, I think you have to share it. But like, let's say your partner, Brad Chad, mm -hmm. like had a college thing, was had like a Greek Rebecca and older big sis style um, L-U-G, lesbian until graduation thing. Yes. Like what if your partner did something like that and like they did it, not their thing, got it out of their system. Like do they need to tell you? Because well, it doesn't cause them anxiety. No, because I mean, I think that falls more into experimentation. Like Carlton was like very clear. He's like, I am bisexual. I am attracted to both men and women. I have had relationships with both men and women but like my thing is if it was like we'll go with both we'll like start with the lesser one like if your partner has ever kissed a man do you need to know no if he's ever had sex with a man do you need to know no okay so it's like if if you've been in a real i need to know about like your relationships I don't need to know every single detail. Like, I don't need to know every single name. I don't need to know your body count. Like, I don't need to know that. But it's like, if it is a part of who you are, like, I want to know who you are. Like, you want to know if you're going to share um, Chris Pine or Logan Wehrman. Not even that. Because I feel like, I don't know if you can really think of it that way. Where it's like, oh, well, like, I'm like the favorite girl, but is there a favorite guy? Because like, I don't think that's how it works. Because like one of the questions that Diamond asked Carlton was, how do you know you want to be with a woman? He's, she's like, what if you, like, she's like, do you want to date any other men? Like, do you want to, like, what makes you decide, like, you want to settle down with a woman? But I feel like that's, I feel like that's an ignorant question. Because like, you could say that about anyone, how do you know you want to settle down? Because it's not about settling down with the exactly. man or woman, it's about settling down period and mm -hmm. it's who you choose to do that with so okay for you if your partner had had relationship so like let's say one day like okay i'm angela's boyfriend for a minute so it's like you're telling me about your exes like yeah there was there was samantha sarah alex steve daisy like mm -hmm. is that enough for you or like, do you have to be like, wait one of those names like i mean i would probably ask questions but it's like here at the if you're like at the point where you're like i want to marry you this conversation should have taken place like before i want to marry you like saying accepting a proposal because at that point it's like past relationships should have no impact on your future relationship but would knowing that they had they had a relationship with a man impact your future with them because they're choosing you they're they want to be with you. They want to be your spouse. Yeah, like probably not. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think that the time for her to have asked to like, let's slow things down. Let's put the brakes on it. That was before the engagement. They didn't have a right. That, that probably contractually was not a situation. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, I completely forgot about why they broke up. I just remember what they did. And it's like, I, they should have been able, like I, either side should have been able to share that with each other, like beforehand. It's like, if you chose not to talk about past relationships, then like, that's kind of like where you both put it at. And it's like, I feel like if you are going to like have the ultimate relationship with someone, we'll call it, like you should have talked about that before. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if, okay, if Carlton had actively lied and like, if Carlton had actively like omitted that from his conversation with Diamond, I would see why she would have a huge cause to be angry. But like, yeah, but like my big thing with Carlton was that like, you just told the cameras, I've never been able to share this with someone and have the relationship continue. And then you turn around and you're like, everyone in my life accepts me for who I am. So obviously you're the problem, Diamond. Like, mm -hmm. no, you can't do that. Okay, so we have them and then Kelly and Kevin? Kelly and Kenny. They were there. <laughs> yeah, literally like the Jim and Pam of the show. Sure, I don't watch The Office. Okay, which of our three main couples? Oh, frankly, I'll be honest, I skipped through Damien and Jeannie's because they, they bored me. Really? They like, I'm like, do you like each other? Like, I think it's really sad. Mm -hmm. Like one of the things that I'm learning, I feel like is counterintuitive, but it's a thing of like, Loving people and liking people are not the same thing. Yes. And like you, it's like you love family, but you don't necessarily have to like people. Mm -hmm. And my thing is what I'm realizing is I think I've settled on like, I love my friends and family deeply, but like 
I realized I've stopped asking myself like do I like these people and I think like that's where like for me like reevaluating some of my friendships and looking for new friendship stuff it's like I want to like I want to like this sounds weird but it's like I want to like people again because I feel like all of my friendships have like been so long it's kind of like another relationship like mm-hmm. Angela and I have been friends now for like going on like seven eight years 2014 to 2020 like eight ish years mm-hmm. and like I like obviously like she's one of my best friends I love her I like her but like the things we like we were talking about this the other day like the things that we like like a lot of the things we liked it's because like we liked that they were new it's like sure we can talk about Gilmore Girls but frankly we've talked about that in every episode of Grey's Anatomy enough times that like you can't just like like that thing anymore it's like um I'm blanking on the name like you have to check on the turkey no, your relationship is a Thanksgiving dinner. Yes. You put Izzy, the turkey Izzy, in the oven. Izzy and Dr. Burke. No. Blackish. Your relationship is the turkey and you put it in the oven and sometimes you forget about it. So you have to like check on it. And it's like, we really don't have much to check on. Or like, do we not have a lot to check on? Or are we like not checking as frequently? I don't know. Well, it's just like- It made of- sense in my head when I first thought of it. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Most <laughs> things do. No, it's just a thing of like, there's something about like, as much as like we hate to change in some way, in some ways, like we we need it. We need something new. Like, um, I will talk about this another thing, but Angela and I are actively trying to figure out like to incorporate some new people. This sounds like we're swingers or we're, <laughs> like, we're trying to make more friends with some more specific things. Like something I need is I need more friends within a walking to drive to a short driving distance from where I am. So I be like, hey, do you want to go get sushi night? Do you want to go get boba? Do you want to do something like kind of more of that college immediacy thing? Because like Angela lives by car an hour away at shortest and mm-hmm. by public transportation 90 minutes to two hours depending on traffic. Mm-hmm. And like, so I can't just call... I mean, I can't just say, like, and although she works, like, closer to me, it's, like, I don't want to be, like, hey, like, I want to go get ice cream for, like, 30 minutes and then, like, go home mm-hmm. when, like, that's so much out of the way. Like, you want to be considered with the person. And I'm sure if I asked, Angela would do it. But it's, like, on a regular basis, like, you want to just be able to, like, have some, like, lighter, freer, like, one hour, two hour hangouts. Mm-hmm. And just because of our schedules and timing and everything, we don't get to do that as much. And mm-hmm. I'm looking for, like, a friend to that. Angela's looking for a friend who will go do sweaty, sweaty yoga with her. Yeah, because Jay doesn't like group exercise classes yeah but my canadian dance person she is doing live classes in toronto and if she does come on tour i will be expecting you to come with me to that oh my god okay she's very fun okay and fun music. i mean just so long as you're okay with me like accidentally hitting someone as long as it's not me well, Sorry, I, we'll, we'll make a new friend well, that way I th- well no i was thinking like again like this is gonna take a lot of topic for like my bachelorette party like if i could i'd like to hire her to like give her a playlist of like my favorite songs and have her like chore- like do like a live class for me and my bachelorette oh that would be really fun i know oh my god i can't believe i'm someone who was mentioning working on the wedding of the wedding but for me I realized like doing something like that like it's fun and it's like movement and it's like there's so many like nerves and things like you mm-hmm. need to do something or I'll just start hitting you okay. and that's the truth <laughs> I'll just start obsessively poking everyone with my fake nails oh my god oh I will not be doing the thing where you share a bed with your bridesmaids the night before oh no if absolutely there's, like, a big not. bed I want it to myself it's like you can like take the photos in the morning but like no one no, actually but you've seen that like everyone like shares the bed and like I guess for the work I've never like I don't sleep in the bed myself anymore I'm like oh it'd be a glorious night my last night to sleep in a bed by myself Tell your partner goes off to war. You order extra pillows, extra room service, like whatever. You take up space in the bed if you need it. It was like, but you do not put in another person. Okay, but you skipped Damien and Giannina. Yeah, I would like watch them. Like, oh, they're fighting again. Oh, they're like having like lots of sex. Mm-hmm. Oh, they're fighting again. I didn't enjoy watching them fight, but like I like initially I enjoyed watching them try to like navigate like various like situ- like situations where like they would speak about their anxieties. But then it just became yeah. a little vicious. Yeah, they like, used it against each other. I loved their proposal out of like all of them just because like I liked Cameron and Lawrence but I just because the way it was presented I was like oh that's way too new this freaks me out so yeah like I liked theirs but then they were just so I particularly didn't like their wedding because like you could tell that there was something off with Damien I thought I kind of skipped the wings and just listened for the I do where the oh okay don't and then you watched her like run off yeah and then come back and then they yelled at each other again but yeah, let's go to Lauren and Cameron because the other two couples kind of are mm-hmm. intertwined. Lauren and Cameron, the best couple of the show. She was awesome. He was very accepting like from the beginning. Because the thing is, love is not blind. Mm-hmm. It just isn't. And especially for women of color. Like if Angela's mm-hmm. like partner consistently told her her hair was like kinky, I don't think he would survive on this planet very much. Yeah, I heard like, your hair's dry, it's frizzy, what's going on? Your skin's dry. Oh my god, your skin is dry. (laughs) You just toss it right back, because most men do not know how to moisturize properly. But like... No shade, current boyfriend, sorry. 
but I did is buy him sh- lotion, so, like... I mean, is it shade if it's a fact? <laughs> exactly. Simple. Yeah. But, like, it's just the thing, like, you couldn't marry someone who didn't understand, like, their child would mm-hmm. could look like you. Mm-hmm. That sounds really mean, but, like, I mean, like, that's true. Like, my child will, odds are, look very Asian, and if you're not willing to accept what that means, having, like, an AA... Oh, it got longer. It's, like, A-A-H... Because it's like an Asian American Pacific Islander Hawaiian indigenous. I don't know the exact word, but something like that now. A A P I H I. I don't know. Okay. They've expanded it. That's all I know. But if you're not okay what that means, especially like post in the world currently, then don't you can't marry me. Just like you, like if you had biological children and your person's like, but like my daughter and my son like don't look like me, mm-hmm. and they had an issue with that, you would have an issue with that partner. Oh, completely. Yeah. So I think I don't know. I feel like it was very interesting the way that like they navigated like the beginnings of their relationship because Lauren kind of like fell a little bit more in my camp where it's like she liked her alone time and her space and so like when she asked to keep her apartment I loved that Mm -hmm. but I also liked the way that Cameron was just so ready to welcome her into his home yeah and like make the space for her like this is the second bedroom it can be your office yeah but he was also okay with her keeping her place I think at mm-hmm. first, right? Yeah. Like, he was, Cameron just seemed very excited and willing to find someone. I don't, I don't know, like, Lauren and Cameron are both great people, but because Lauren is a black woman, there are a bunch of systemic shit she's had to, like, go through and endure and be traumatized by. Mm-hmm. Cameron was like, I'm like, why is he single? Because he seems, like, normal and relatively well-adjusted, and he's white, which means he's, like, default level of attractive. I mean, I want to look a little bit more into Cameron's career. I actually meant to do that earlier, but I wonder if he was just super career-focused because he works in STEM. They marketed him as a scientist. So I'm like, what does he do? And is it possibly something where he was doing really long hours and like he was not able to sustain a relationship? Mm, that makes sense. Where do I find one of those? <laughs> you DM Cameron. <laughs> no, but yeah, great. Now for the 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 quad of the century. Oh God, Barnett. Well, well, we can start with Barnett's quad and then we eliminate one. So in the pods, Barnett, the main pretty boy, the bad boy, the homecoming king, the school president, all that jazz, mm-hmm. mediocre white man, has three girls on a leash. His wife and still wife to this day, Amber, Elsie, mm-hmm. who kind of disappeared after the pods, and Jessica, who ends up engaged to Mark. Jessica was definitely the villain of the season. Oh, yeah. She was in her 30s, so she was a little bit older, mm-hmm. really ready for this next step, mm-hmm. and liked wine a lot. <laughs> yes. And Jessica found herself um, interested in Barnett and another guy, Mark, both of whom were younger than her. So Barnett, I think, was 27 and Mark was 24. And Jessica was like, Jessica was 34 because she and Mark had a 10-year age difference. Yes. So Barnett really like he kind of di- he kind of pulled a Clayton and he was like oh I have special relationships with like everyone like yeah. when he was talking to the camera and then it, it literally I think it came down to the last day and he had to it was tell... between Jessica and Amber at that point mm-hmm. well at least the way they film it it looks like it comes down to the last day yeah and I was really surprised he didn't pick Jessica because when you listen to them talk like Barnett sounds like a grown up when he talks to Jessica which probably is why he didn't pick her when he talked mm-hmm. to Amber. It was like do you lift bro like yeah um shotgun like it was like oh my oh this is well I think Barnett another one so I'm interested they listed him as an engineer but they didn't say what kind of engineer so that'll be interesting yes. to see as well but in short Mark and Jessica get engaged mm-hmm. and Jessica is not enthusiastic about it at all she's not enthusiastic she's not she's uncomfortable with it from the beginning she doesn't she like it's very clear from the beginning she's like off about it mm-hmm. one night she gets too drunk and like tries to steal Barnett back and like confess more in front of Amber and yeah. everyone else yes she gives her dog wine there's a lot of controversy oh she gave her dog wine yeah oh I missed that part that was like a big point but something that like like for Jessica's like redemption because you watched the reunion part right uh-huh. that like the, the year later that whole time in the pot like outside Mark was cheating on her yes like from apparently from the second they left the pods and then he also had a relationship with Elsie yes and cheated on her yes. Yeah, there was just a lot happening there. So, like, it was very clear that, like, Netflix wanted her to be a villain and wanted her. The interesting thing, because I was listening to this, is Jessica works in, she works in tech. Mm-hmm. And I was listening to her on Whitney Cummings' podcast, and she was explaining how all of this, like, how, like, she got, like, the drunkest she ever did on that night again the beach. Because all they do is they only, like, it's like the bachelor, you have nothing to do, you have no communication, you have no TV, you have no, nothing to do. 
you're in the sun. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you're emotionally super exposed. Mm-hmm. Even Angela would get drunk in those circumstances. Yeah, there's, like, copious amounts of alcohol. I'm sure that they probably, like, there were really, like, no non-alcoholic options, mm-hmm. probably, because but yeah, it fuels the show. But just imagine, like, the birthday party we went to where you felt the need to have a little if there were cameras on you. Ooh, no. Awful. Yeah. So although they made Jessica the villain and she she had some bad behavior, it was very like sexist to portray her the way they did. It's like the older woman like Mm -hmm. marry that. No, I mean I definitely agree. Like I kind of wonder like how much they knew about what was going on with Mark like once they left the pods and then if they ever had that and if they just decided to completely omit it. But like I did take some notes on Jessica and like I felt like at every turn and this is probably like has to do a lot with the editing as well. But I feel like every other conversation she had with Mark was like like almost like interrogating him like are you sure you're okay with this well what if I did this well what if I did that would that drive you away what about if I did this would it just drive you crazy and then you'd leave me yeah she definitely had some growing up to do Mm -hmm. she also to my knowledge is currently engaged to a foot doctor oh and they dated like a year and a half they've been dating for a while I mean good good for her the uh, it was more of like the oh to like the foot doctor part that freaks me out (laughs) I know I think for her though she got I think she benefited and grew a lot from having to rewatch and relive that Mm -hmm. I think especially watching their like reunion thing, the way that Amber and Barnett then treated her at their anniversary party, like I feel like that showed a lot of like true character. Like I don't remember what happened. I don't know. She so Jessica and Giannina got ready together, and I mean like they were a little, they were making fun of Amber like a little bit, but then when they actually got to the party, um, Jessica had bought an anniversary presents for both Amber Barnett and Lauren and Cameron, and she went to give it to Barnett. First of all, I don't think she. She should have like brought it to him directly. Like I'm sure the camera probably set that up. Yeah, that, that was definitely set up. Barnett would not look her in the eye. He just kept looking straight ahead and was like, Can't talk to you. Can't talk to you. And then he like as he was walking away, he was like, I can't talk to you. He's like, Amber will get really mad. I can't talk to you. I don't understand what is so special about Amber for Barnett to do all this. Like, I don't know if like he's like I don't know whether they like propped him up because they couldn't have like a white man look like dumb and stupid, but like mm-hmm. I yeah, let's get back to the fact that he paid off Amber. <laughs> debt by selling his home. You do not do that. I don't care how much you love someone. You cannot do that. They sac- he sacrificed like generational wealth yeah and just like his own personal security the fact that like he would have a a place where they could both live. No. But like do we know for sure he did that like factually? He, they said that in the... But like we know, no, no, Netflix didn't give them any money or like anything. I mean, I'll look into that, but he said that he sold the house and paid off Amber's debts. I mean, I think it was a smart move because like it's their debt now. Yeah, in case anyone didn't know that, if you marry someone and they have debt, that becomes your debt. Just <laughs> FYI. School loans, credit card, home mortgage. Well, like, that- you can't expect someone to pay off their home mortgage. Well, mean? yeah. Like, okay, that's like one thing, but I would look into the terms of that mortgage. Like, if they have like a crazy interest <laughs> oh rate God. or they signed one of those like balloon payments where all of a sudden like in two years, like their payments are going to like triple or something like. I think Angela she needs to call her boyfriend right now. Never mind. <laughs> These are real things you have to consider. Marriage debt in California is also common law. So once you get married, mm-hmm. their wins are your wins and their losses are your losses. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's season one. Any wrap-up comments before we get to season two? Um, Can I just bring it back to Damien and Giannina for a second? Because in the wrap-up, so it's two years later, Damien and Giannina have gotten back together. They have been dating for two years. However, Damien then hooked up with Francesca from... Too Hot to Handle. Too Hot to Handle. Didn't who is now dating, I believe. Oh no, either Jeanina or Francesca are dating Blake from The Bachelor. I don't remember. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you see Damien go meet Francesca and they're essentially like out on a date, super flirting with each other. Giannina is like at home with her family waiting for Damien to come home and they're like gonna have like family dinner together because they're dating. And then like you see him invite Francesca to the anniversary party. She shows up and then Francesca and Giannina have a little bit of a confrontation and that is when they find out. Giannina finds out she's being cheated on. Francesca finds out that Damien is not single. Like you can't tell me that's not screwed. Oh, it totally, it has to be, but I feel like just the audacity of, like, Damien's person overall, like, when he's having that whole conversation with Francesca, he's like, look, I just got Botox, I just got fillers, he's like, I'm gonna have this lifted now, should I dye my hair? Yeah. 
pick me. Definitely. Season two. Much more fresh in everyone's mind. Angel's only like six months behind on this one. <laughs> we have our six couples. We have Shane and Natalie, mm-hmm. Kyle and Shayna, which recreate the dynamic of Barnett and Amber and Jessica and Mark mm-hmm. very closely. Mm-hmm. We have our villain. Shake and his engaged to Deepti. We have our to me it was the Genia Damian thing of Danielle, Danielle and Nick. Nick. Um, we have th- my favorite couple. I think would be um Ayana and I want to say Jeremy, Jared, Jared, and we have I would call them the Kelly and Kenny, Mallory and Sal, mm-hmm. because they were real. So Mallory and Sal were fine. Yeah, they were fine, but I I feel like so. They they start they definitely had the awkward start because it was Mallory, Sal, and Jarrett that were a little love triangle. Yes. And Jarrett and Sal had the conversation that they were both gonna propose to Mallory and let her decide. Yeah. Jarrett proposed first, Mallory said no. Jared like put a feeler out. He didn't Or yeah, he he did the oh my god, he did the thing that guys do that I hate where he's like, What would you do if I do this? And I'm just like, I don't know, do it and find out. <laughs> See what happens, I dare you. <laughs> And when Angela's single in like six months, we'll all know why. <laughs> Angela, how would you feel if you were to think, well, want to find out? Like, move me in then. <laughs> what would you do if I wanted to like take you on a trip? I don't know. Take me and see, see how I react. <laughs> I love him more and more. Okay, but yeah, so he did that. So he didn't technically propose. And then next shot, Sal's proposing to Mal. I feel like the reason that happened, and I don't know, you can only remember, I felt like for her, like her cultural heritage prevented her from picking Jared, who she seemed to have a better connection with. Maybe. Because I think also like, I feel like Sal and, I feel like Sal was definitely more connected to cultural heritage than she was. And I think maybe she was reaching out to him as a way to like feel like a closer connection. Yeah. So yeah. Because, so yeah. So we'll, we'll get to that place in a minute. But then Jarrett went and proposed to Ayana. He did tell her. He did tell her. And that, I think that's been like the best move that I've seen. Like as complicated as it was for them. Mm -hmm. Like at least he was honest about it from the get go. And he didn't let that come out like weeks later. Yeah. I think, I think it's the only thing to do. And I do, I, and I think Ayana only looks like great for doing what she did. Because Mm -hmm. I think in a normal circumstance, like Angela, you can't get mad that like your partner ever thought about proposing to someone else Mm -hmm. before you because it was before you but like in this situation the partnerships are just so much simultaneous yeah it's just so much faster that like you rebound a lot faster Mm -hmm. no and i think what was way more awkward than that whole like what do you'll do if i propose situation was the conversation that they had on honeymoons where no wait for that one okay well we'll come back to that next couple natalie and no Danielle and Nick. I, they, so, okay, so this season, two couples again got married. Mm-hmm. Danielle and Nick and Jared and Ayana. Danielle and Nick didn't seem to like each other at all. <laughs> like, they always seemed bothered. Yes, okay, I would put Danielle and Nick as the Dwight Schrute and Angela, whatever her name Is was, from The, the Office. office. <laughs> yes. Literally, as I was watching it, I was like, who does this guy remind me of? And I was like, oh, Dwight. He's a total Dwight. But no, they didn't seem to really like each other. They seemed to not really understand each other's, like, struggles. ways of life and struggles. They couldn't communicate. And yet somehow, like... There's a love of each other's lives. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, like, didn't get them. And they bothered me. Because I'm like, both of you were getting mad over things that are fixable. But, like, it feels like you're not hearing each other. Yeah, on the, like, Mexico honeymoon, when she said she had a panic attack, because he went out without her and that she was always going to have panic attacks whenever he went out without her. But then she got upset when they left Mexico and returned to real life and she went away for two weekends when they were like in their like 30 days leading up to marriage. Yeah, they didn't make sense to me and they bothered me. Mm-hmm. He seemed a little controlling at first and then like she seemed like very like victimizing herself. Like my panic attacks do this. Like I can't do anything. Like mm-hmm. my life hates me, blah, blah. Okay. Um, Deep D and Shake. Shake, I frankly don't even like feel like deserves my like voice to speak about him. The thing you knew from the get-go when he and Deep D started talking is something that they had in common was they are both of Indian descent and they both touted the fact that neither of them had been with anyone of their race or of any other race other than white people. And everything that was deplorable about Shake you can get into, but the fact that they both, that was what they bonded over, mm-hmm. you knew was going to be a shit show. Mm-hmm. But Shake is... 
as misogynistic and patriarchal and sexist classes as they come. Literally, the fact that he probably asked every single one of those women Can I put what you on my their shoulder? size was. Can I put you on my shoulders at a festival? Yeah. Do How much do you exercise? Yeah, no. Like... Deep D deserves better. That's all I have to say about them. Way better. My biggest issue with Shake was that he talked to every single person about his lack of attraction to Deep D physically. Like, Why would you not- propose to someone? And, and here's the thing. It's he, like, said she, he said she was attractive like when they got engaged. So I don't know if that was the hormones or like a change of heart or he was paid to say that or he like retracted it afterward. Like, I don't know. So when I was like watching them, it's like they were in like their like pool and they're sweet in Mexico. And then you just see like the shock come over his face when she says like, are you ready to get married and have kids? Yeah. And then every point after that, he was just like, dude, she's not attractive. I don't feel anything for her. She's like my aunt, like my sister. And that he didn't just have this conversation with like one person or a trusted person. Every single guy like in Mexico. Every girl, every family every member girl, of his, ev- mm-hmm. every girl. Family. Yeah. No more time on him. And then yes. at the reading, he was worse. Mm-hmm. And Deepti seems to be an angel. Yes. Who's now with Kyle. Yeah, I saw that. Okay. So now let's go into Amber Barnett, Jessica Mark part two, which is <laughs> Natalie, Shane, Shayna, and Kyle. Shayna and Kyle, the second they started talking, you knew it was going to be a Jessica and Mark. Because mm-hmm. Shayna's whole claim was she needed someone religious. Kyle was not religious. But similarly to Jessica and her daddy issues, Kyle reflected things in Shayna that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. So, and then the other one, we have Meathead Shane, who I'm pretty sure oh. has been confirmed that he was on cocaine at all points during filming. So his eyes looked huge and he looked like he wanted to tackle you at all times. No, oh, and then also I think with Shayna and Kyle as well, they also had a pretty significant age difference, right? Yes. Yep. And this so. was going to be Shayna's like third or fourth engagement. Yes, her third engagement. Yeah. So Shayna and Kyle were doomed from the start because it's like, but you care about God. It's like, if you cared about God so much in the pods, why would you accept my proposal? Like, you knew. And especially when you, like, she knew what she wanted. She wanted more TV time. And like, she revealed to Shane like right before he was going to propose to Natalie, which I gave, here's it, I liked Shane more than a lot of people I know, knowing he's on cocaine, because the thing is like, does Shane have an aggression problem? Uh-huh. A hundred percent. And I'm not saying like you take that away. When you look at the things he was having issues with, with Natalie and with Shayna, they were valid concerns. Mm-hmm. Just the aggression and the cocaine and like made it not, and it's the thing of like, I give this example, like I am one who like overly plans and overly controls like situations. Mm-hmm. So like if for outside wins, we were all like, I made everyone on a cute itinerary and I was like, hey guys, we're gonna leave at one. Mm-hmm. And no one left till three. Everyone would just be like, oh Jay, like you're being dramatic. Like, you you know, you look to me. Here's the thing. Do I have that side of me? A hundred percent. But leaving two hours later than planned is objectively rude and inconsiderate. Mm-hmm. And so when it's coming from someone who like is already attributed to certain things, like they don't like look legitimize it the way they should. Yes. I agree with everything you said. I just lost a little bit of what the point was. Like, Shane, when he would talk, when he wasn't being aggressive and, like, when he was trying to discuss issues with Natalie that weren't about mm-hmm. things, like, I feel like she and Shane and people, like, wouldn't listen to him because he was so, like, on cocaine and, like, so angry all the time mm-hmm. that, like, some of his, like, concerns, like, when, like, he would ask about, like, Natalie's family and stuff and she kind of was, like, brushing him off. It's like, I'm trying to learn Korean for your family and she kind of, like, poked fun at him. It's like, mm-hmm. he was doing some very concerns. Again, the fact that you're with an aggressive cokehead, like, we have to set aside because if we don't, you can't really evaluate their relationship because like an aggressive cokehead you should be questioning why you're with in the first place i mean true but i think like getting into like up to their wedding like when they talk about like the really big fight that they had and where it's like oh you know she said i was drinking too much i think it was about the cocaine i don't think it was about alcohol yeah i think it was like but you were with them like you but like you should have known that like the second you guys like lived together moved in oh yeah and i feel like she was very like again going back here saying i'm realizing this a lot more like trying to date starting to date again it's like i have like a very dry sarcastic sense of were like haha like Angela like your wings are of different shades or like when I make when I when I make fun that people like don't blend their foundation down your neck people blend your foundation down your neck um like I do this a lot internally and externally I'm working on it but like Natalie like would to me Natalie like acted like she didn't like Shane being around like what are you doing here like move away mm-hmm. did you get my drink yet like it was like very much like do you like him like why like you don't seem to like him well see here's the thing I can see in Natalie I saw a lot of things that like I've seen from people in my life who have like more of the dry sarcastic sense of humor it's like they don't know how to like process that emotion 
So it's like Correct. what I saw in Natalie was a lot more of just like, oh, like I feel really awkward, haha. And it's like, I think like for Shane, like besides just like being on drugs all the time, I think that he is a person who like really seeks like out external validation. Words and, of affirmation. He was huge with that. Yes, words of affirmation. But it's like, is it even words of affirmation or it's like, does he just constantly need reassurance? I feel like it was like words of affirmation be like, hey, do you like me? And she'd be like, no. No. Like he needed like, yes, like. Mm-hmm. Like, and like, for your partner, you should be considerate of that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that shit show was season two. Yeah. Okay, can I just say for Shayna and Kyle, besides the whole like God daddy issues thing, I hated that she went and ex- like immediately like told Shane about her feelings after she accepted another man's proposal. And then, like, the thing is, it's like Kyle did come back to her and said that he was able to like accept religion, accept her religion. He would not be a part of it, yeah. but he could accept her religion. So, like, he gets some points for that but I don't like the way that he treated it when he spoke with her family and they asked him do you know God and he was like oh who is that that to me was pretty rude it's like that's not accepting your religion but we also don't know what led up to that part of the fair and I also think like we don't know like if jokes have been made or if like Shayna said anything like I'm not saying I on in isolation from a viewer perspective rude comment mm-hmm. Shayna also like oh well, I don't know no maybe she did give him notice when she left Mexico I don't know but the fact that like they like she wanted a separate room didn't do like she really didn't try Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like she was less excited than Jessica at the engagement. Oh yeah. Oh, but speaking of people who were not excited at the engagement, Mallory and Sal, like she was like, a, like that was so in tears. That was so confusing. Cause I'm like, cause she didn't find him attractive. And it's just like, you signed up to date without like the expectation oh, yeah. of. But like, here's the thing. Everyone on this show might not be your number one Tom mm-hmm. Holland, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man look. Mm-hmm. No one on that show is unattractive. Exactly. They're, I don't think they're, well, I think obje- society standards, no one on those sh- that show was ever unattractive. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's like also an unfair point. But onto my show that I've gotten everyone in the world to start watching my favorite. <laughs> yes, I converted everyone into watching this show. The ultimatum. Marry or move on. So it's basically what it says. Everyone's already given their two cents on the show, but I did watch this like the weekend it came out and I got everyone on board watching it. Mm-hmm. Just everyone doesn't watch the whole show in two days like I did. So I had to wait a little bit longer. And I had to like literally babysit Angela watching it like I had to turn it on for her to start I okay I actively watched yes you did turn it on for me well actually no I put it on myself because I had a Chick-fil-a sandwich in one hand and the remote in the other and that was the longest sign into Netflix I have ever done in my life (laughs) oh yeah so no we did that you you did have to get me through the final two episodes though because at that point I was just like I don't like any of them but I was really glad I made it to the end so the premise of the ultimatum again six couples eight yeah (laughs) six important ones Mm -hmm. eight couples come on who have been together a whole 12 months to maybe 24 months mm-hmm. and one partner want allegedly because I've one person wants to get married wants to get married now mm-hmm. and like this is like their breaking point so to get one final hall pass hurrah these eight couples break up mm-hmm. for a week date around then for the next three weeks they pick a new partner from the group live with them as if they got engaged then the next three weeks they go back to their old partner and then at the end and they have three decisions. Leave with the new person, stay with their old partner, or leave single. Where to start, Angela? I would like to start with Colby and Madeline. I'm Colby s- was the only man to issue an ultimatum. No, fact check. Who else did? Nathan? Nathan. Oh, okay. Colby was the second man to issue an ultimatum. <laughs> From the get-go, I did not like Colby and Madeline together. I felt like, I was like, oh, Colby seems a little like pompous and obnoxious to me. And I feel like he is not hearing what Madeline is saying and that she is not ready to get married. She does not know if she is ready to make that commitment to him. I feel like she was very clear about that. Not just like, oh, I don't know if I ever wanna get married. She was very clear. I do not know if I wanna get married to you. And he just like, from the beginning was like, we are end game soulmate, baby. Like, I'm not even really gonna put any effort into this experiment and get to know other people. Like, cause I know that I just want you. Like he talked with April, he talked with, was it Alexis? He talked with everyone. Yeah, like everyone. And then whenever others tried to like ask him like, hey, do you want a couple up? He was like, no, I don't find you attractive or I don't like, that like you like that. To, that was only to Alexis. No, he said that to April too. Not that he didn't find her attractive, just that he didn't want a couple up with her. Mm. The one he only said he didn't want to be attractive to was Alexis. Got it, okay. Okay, yes, yeah, so Madeline and Colby, they were like young. He 
wants to get married. He's the love of the life. And she's kind of like, I want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm in my sexual prime and I would like to try all the things I can try. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll split off from there. So, well, you picked a hard couple to start with. Oh, sorry. So <laughs> when Colby and Madeline split, mm-hmm. Madeline chooses and mutually chooses to be with Randall, who is partners with Shanique. Yes. You go into that couple now. Okay, so Randall and Shanique. Shanique was ready to get married. She, like, beyond just, like, wanting to get married to Randall, she just wanted to be married. In Shanique's head, she very much had a timeline that we have been together for two years, so very obviously, like, if we are not getting married, I don't know what we're doing. She's like, I need to see a ring to see your commitment that you intend to marry me. Well, the thing that's craziest to me is, like, so I learned through watching this that apparently men use financial issues as like a catch-all for when they have mm-hmm. issues they want to talk about but randall not only said like money things i'm not worrying he said i'm in debt and i'm like girl if you're running to marry someone in debt like you're not ready to be married mm-hmm. exactly see amber and barnett do not do it mm-hmm. so we're gonna i guess we're gonna circle of life it back to colby so shanique ends up with zay and zay came in as the couple of you really need a diagram yeah um because i want to make sure that i get it right so zay came in as part of the couple ray and zay and that would be a great neon sign right and zay is a part-time like influencer dj kind of guy person promoter um yeah he does something very social media-y because he and ray were like often having arguments about the fact that like he portrayed himself as single on social media to like promote like his like business Mm -hmm. ray and zay had been together for a little bit over two years and um ray i think ray issued the ultimatum but she definitely had some issues expressing her feelings and like emotions in concrete form like even when she was first asked why she wanted like to get married she like couldn't answer yeah like I love that originally like obviously like Zay Ray issued the ultimatum and stuff but like when you would hear Zay talk about this like why do you like me like why do you want to get married and she couldn't answer it's like oh Mm -hmm. you have a lot of things you need to work on too like you're rushing to avoid things Mm -hmm. you're not working on and then comes the golden couple of the season Ray ends up with Jake and who came in with April who is definitely like the dramatic favorite of the season. Yes. So Jake and April were together for a little over a year. Two years. Two years? Remember he bought her like a car. He bought her like a mom car. Like you don't do that for like Oh mom. yeah. Yeah. He bought her the SUV. So yeah. Jake and April both together. Both fairly young actually. I think they were both under 25. April issued the ultimatum because she wants to be a mom, get married, start a family. And Jake, like the other guys here, says that he had financial issues and wanted to be sound and able to support a family. Mm-hmm. His like Randall, he was like a little bit like more believable because I think he was just discharged from the military six months previously mm-hmm. so like still like working on finding the job and surprise like I said so Jake and Ray were kind of like the fan favorite couple of the show because mm-hmm. when they left their current partners they whether it was all this or the way they was edited they thrived together they seemed happier they seemed like they finally knew what like a genuine connection would be mm-hmm. like all like the butterflies came out fireworks all the bachelor date cliches like the very second they went on their first date in the week of dating they were like going back to their respective partners saying like I like had an amazing time like I never have this much of an amazing time with you (laughs) (laughs) which is like almost a direct quote of what Jake said to April because April very similarly to Colby who she actually ended up with during this experiment came in saying that she only wanted to be with Jake knew that they were endgame and they would be leaving together so she was like going to explore but was not expecting anything to come out of this because she would be with Jake yes Colby and April both brought their partners on with the mindset of my partner has some like issues they need to scratch Mm -hmm. and then we can get married. Mm -hmm. But Angela, that's only six couples. You said there were eight. (laughs) So there are actually two couples that leave at the end of the first, at the end of the second episode after they have finished their week of dating. So one would be Alexis and Hunter. They both went through the experiment and at the picking ceremony or picking dinner, she issued him the ultimatum because she would not move in until they were engaged. Mm-hmm. 
And Hunter said, whatever his reason was, financial issues, not ready to be, not, not ready to live together. Feet. Yeah. Not sure about marriage. Because he wanted to, he wanted to live together. He just mm-hmm. didn't want to get married yet. Yeah. At the picking ceremony, Hunter actually gets up and proposes to Alexis, walks around the table, pulls out an engagement ring and tells her that he's figured it out. Like he needs to spend the rest of his life with her because he's done it for a week. And he's like, I don't feel like this way about anybody else. Yes. Well, it's, he, all, it, it's all very cute. So he does that right when April is going to choose to date Hunter for that week. Mm-hmm. And so everyone gets to stand up and state their choice. And then the person they select gets to choose whether they select them back or not. So it kind of would zigzag through the table. Mm-hmm. So when Hunter's turn came up to either reciprocate April or not, he chose to propose to Alexis. Mm-hmm. They get engaged. Everyone's happy. Everyone's excited. Their proposal, when you listen to it, like their issue got worked out because Hunter's like, I am ready now. And that's all mm-hmm. Alexis wanted. And Alexis was willing to walk away. Mm -hmm. So then April's like, well, shoot, who's left? Our last couple, Nate and Lauren. Nate issued the ultimatum to Lauren because Lauren was unsure if she wanted children and Nate wanted a Duggar. So then when it comes to Nate's turn to pick up, to pick, because Nate knows that Colby wants to pick Lauren. Mm -hmm. And Colby like proposed, Colby picks Lauren, I believe. And then. And then. So Nate. Nate gets up. And proposes. And Lauren accepts as well. But this time. No one's nearly as happy. Yeah, I I think it's like dead silent and the first thing that someone says is like is this even real yeah so april as angela already claimed is like the drama queen crazy person season she goes on though a great monologue where she's just completely as aave states spitting facts <laughs> Hunter and Alexis worked out their issue. Mm-hmm. Lauren and Nate did nothing to decide on whether or not they wanted children together, whether or not they were going to have a family. Mm-hmm. Like, they were, they did not resolve anything. Mm-hmm. So the issue with everyone was like, nothing changed. You're just cutting out as this experiment. Yep. And so, yeah, I think we get a lovely little, like, insight into, like, their hotel room later where, like, they're sitting down talking and Lauren is asking Nate to go to couples therapy so that they can work out whether or not they will have kids. They have evaluated in real time they're going to have one kid Mm -hmm. and get married. And the other thing is I was listening to them on an interview and they were saying how they didn't know what the show was called. It was called, like, Couples of Austin. They didn't know the premise. There was a lot that they didn't know. Which I I don't, because they asked him, like, right before, like, what's one thing? He's like, oh, well, I want kids and they're like, okay, that's going to be your thing. So you're going to issue the ultimatum. So they, they seem, they claimed it was very constructed. Mm. But my thing is the way everything is phrased, they don't sound super coerced. So I also feel like, yeah. here's the thing. With The Bachelor and Real Housewives and The Challenge, Real World, Road Rules, Survivor, Amazing Race, you cannot tell me that you do not go on these shows for a social media platform mm-hmm. or for a platform, period. So like... Let's not pretend there's any other virtuous mode behind it. Mm-hmm. So yes, Lauren and Nate get engaged. Everyone is not happy for them. Everyone is yelling and fighting. And then all of the couples will even their respective pairings. So now we are down to six couples, six new couples. Mm-hmm. We have Shanique and Zay, who were originally with Randall and Ray. Then we have Jake and Ray, who were originally, Jake was with April, Ray was with Zay. Then we have Colby and April, Mm-hmm. And then Colby and Madeline were the original couple. And then Madeline is with Randall, mm-hmm. who was with Shanique. And they live for three weeks in their married, married bliss. And Jake and Ray thrive. Yes. So one of the things that I don't fully understand is that they call it the trial marriage. But it's like, essentially, it's just like you're living with another person. Like, what about, I don't know. Well, I feel like there else? should have been some kind of like fake wedding or something. <laughs> Well, like, okay, one could argue, well, I guess it depends. Because my thing is, if you already live with your partner, mm-hmm. when you get married, yeah. other than, like, having a new blender, what's really changing? That's true. I don't know. I feel like I just, I needed something, like, a little bit more, like, oh, like, this is a marriage. Mm. But it was just, like, it's more like you put two people, like, who are attracted to each other and let them cohabitate for three weeks. Well, not really in Colby and April's case. You put two people that, like, kind of tolerated each other. Yeah in an apartment. Jake and Ray thrive living together. Shanique and Zay, I think, had an interesting dynamic where they were able to kind of push each other, but mm-hmm. like, res- well, Shanique was able to push, respectfully push Zay, and Zay was aggressive back. Randall and Madeline, 
were horny for three weeks, even though and the and Shanique was the one who did the deed. Mm-hmm. Um, April and Colby didn't do much, and Colby went to sleep with other women outside of the experiment. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and so then at the end of those three weeks, the original couples return back together. And no one was happy. Just, I mean, how how can you be happy at that point? It's just really awkward. Like... Because either I had a great three weeks without you, or mm-hmm. I didn't have a great three weeks, and I knew you had a good three weeks. Yeah. I do think it was interesting, though. Couples, the people who were issued the ultimatum got more out of the experience than those who issued. Definitely. Should we start with Shanique and Randall? I feel like they had a pretty good, like, actually, like, come together moment. They did, but I think, like, I feel like as soon as they got back to their partner, they slept, they, nothing that they had just learned or gotten or had been given, like, tools from the other person, like, were used in any situation. See, I feel like they did, though, because I actually felt like they were communicating a little better. They I feel were like Randall in- was just communicating his needs more. Mm-hmm. Which I guess is better, but... And I think that Shanique, like, I think that she was still, like, pushing for Randall, but she wasn't... I think that she knew more of what she wanted, mm-hmm. and she was able to, like, express it better and not in, like... I feel like previously to, like, their separation, I felt like Shanique was speaking in ultimatums for everything. Yeah, I could agree with that. Zay and Ray didn't communicate well as they would go back to the clubs and Ray was upset. And Zay wanted everyone to feel sorry for him about how Ray was, like, expecting things of him. Jake and April, toxic. Yeah, they Madeline had- and Colby, huge fight and... Also pretty toxic, I would say. Yeah. Is that all sex? Zay and Ray taking April. Yeah. Okay. So now we get to proposal time. And Randall proposes to Shanique. And Jake leaves April for Ray. Mm-hmm. And Colby... Um. Oh, no. Sorry. Who else do we have? Say and Ray break up. Say and Ray break up. April and Jake break up. Shanique and Randall. Yeah. And then Madeline Colby. Yeah. Or that's four of the six. Who are the other two? Because they started with eight. Oh. You told me they started with eight. Did they start with six? Was I right this whole time? They might have started with six. I thought they started with eight. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Shanique and Randall get engaged. April and Jake break up. Jake goes to see Ray. They He doesn't propose, but he's like, let's take a trip together. Mm-hmm. And then Colby and Madeline get engaged. And, and married. married. Yeah, so that happens. So now, the reunion. But had to beg Angela to watch, and she was like, it's midnight. I'm tired. I need to go. I'm like, no, you have to watch the first two minutes of the reunion. Just the first 40 seconds of the reunion. So all six couples have returned, and they're sitting on the couches, but one is missing. They invite out Madeline and Colby, and Madeline is pregnant. Eight months pregnant. Yup. So they got engaged, married, and pregnant all at the same time. And now that little baby, I believe it's Josie, is born. Mm-hmm. Again, going back to, like, liking your partner, that was a shock, because Madeline didn't seem to like Colby. Oh, for sure. I don't even know if Colby liked Madeline. I think Colby just liked the idea of Madeline. Oh, yeah. Like, Colby on paper is someone I would like, but I felt how controlling and, like, manipulative he was. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. J- April is with a sugar daddy, a rich man who says he wants to marry her every day, yet she still doesn't have a ring to my knowledge. Mm-hmm. Jake and Ray didn't get together, but Ray started exploring her sexuality and, like, hooked up or was dating a girl, so good for her. Mm-hmm. Zay is still kind of aggressive and toxic. Mm-hmm. Shanique and Randall, which I commend them for, they broke up again for six months after the engagement mm-hmm. and got back together again, and they're still going strong. And, like we talked about earlier, Lauren and Nathan, they have gone through couples therapy, have agreed they're going to get married and have one kid. And Alexis and Hunter, they actually might be married like sometime. Over. Yeah. This year. This year. And, and Hunter's his... mom is planning everything. Yeah, she's their wedding planner. Angela, speaking of the episode we just did on weddings <laughs> yesterday. Yeah. How did that go over with you? The His mother planning the wedding? Well, like, so long. Okay, so I don't know. Like, I was under the impression that like his mom is like an actual wedding yeah. planner. Yeah. I think I'm fine with that so long as like she respects all the wishes like I don't need to see anything in there where it's like oh yeah I want like green and pink and then all of a sudden it's like orange and purple like just so long as like everyone's wishes are being respected and like anything that like is changed is like in the best interest of like both parties I'm fine with that I hope to have a wonderful relationship with my future mother-in-law and would like her as far away from the planning of my wedding as I can get her (laughs) Angela what have you learned in your Netflix reality training I will probably like look into some others, see what's out there. I don't like it as a series though. I would like to see it released weekly. Like I don't want it just all available to binge. 
I don't know. I just, I don't like my reality TV that way. That's the only way to do reality TV. <laughs> like, Grey's I'll take once a week, but like, mm-hmm. I want my reality TV and I want it now. I want... You still haven't watched too hot to handle, have you? No. But I'm gonna have to now, now that I know about Francesca. And I'm definitely interested about Love Island, because I've heard things. So Love Island, the cool thing with that is, we talked about on the other episode, it's not recorded, it's recorded almost in real time, so the editing and the things they do, they don't, can't skew as much plot, because... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm pretty good with that. But yeah, overall, I had fun. I would watch The Ultimatum again. I've been trying to figure out, I'm like, which one do I, which one's premise did I like more? Maybe Love is Blind, but I can't tell at this moment. Huh. That's a toughie. Right? I think I would rather go through Love is Blind, but I'd be more curious about The Ultimatum. Hmm. That's fair. I would want to see someone I know go on The Ultimatum. Not like anyone in particular right now. would you right go now. on The Ultimatum? No, probably, no. Because like... I don't like the idea of like, oh yeah, we have been in a relationship for this long and now I'm going to release you to someone else and let you see if you like them better. I was like, that's just like a really weird setup. But like it's an if. Maybe. But like, why are you opening yourself up to that kind of if? Because I feel like, yeah, like Madeline and Colby like ended up coming out of this together. I don't know that they should have come out of this together. But like Jake and April, like she was like so absolutely sure like this is it. I'm the one for you and you're the one for me. And then the second that Jake was out, like he realized that he did not like April. And I mean, here's the thing. If that's what happens, then like you two should not be together. Yeah, like that's the thing. Like if your partner or you like realize like, oh shit, like this isn't it. Like, mm-hmm. Isn't that a good thing? I mean, it is a good thing, but it's like, do you need to do all of this to figure out that you should not be together? I feel like if you were at this point where you were already at like an ultimatum of marry or move on, like you don't need to extend the process by like But would you like the liquid IV commercials? Would you like all the partnerships you get? I don't know. I'll have to try liquid IV first. And on that note, thank you for listening to this episode of In Omnia Paratus. Grab your coffee bowls and don't forget to rate, download, and follow on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. As always, where you lead will follow, so head on over to at an omniapod on Instagram and let us know what you would like to hear about in the comments. Bye! We can't wait to see what Nick and Vanessa Lachey come up with next. <laughs>